This is Slashers, your new favorite podcast for all your new favorite horror media. And if so many times have you heard that before, we're here with a real good one for you today. You know, a very controversial one here, if you will. <laughs> and uh, I'm here with my esteemed colleague, co-host, and uh, the creator of Slashers Podcast, Jake. Hello, Douglas. How are you today? I can't complain. Just a little bit of pit sweat here and there. But uh, yeah, doing pretty good. I'm cursed to only work in slightly uncomfortable conditions because, you know, my home office is my illustrious garage, which can get over 100 degrees in the summer sun. And then I go to my actual office and it's 85 degrees where it's supposed to be air conditioned, but I am too cranky and cheap to pay for an air conditioner to come out for me. I just do it for my staff. That's great, right? Mm, no, you're just being the, uh, the the boss that I'm sure people don't give credit for, but I hope you get some good lotion uh lo lotion baskets as a christmas gift or something from them uh one time i got ninja turtles two and three on dvd that were part of a box set where a lady kept number one that was probably one of the most thoughtful gifts i've gotten oh actually no i take that back my partner gary got me a, a shirt that he had custom made for slashers oh my god four years ago i'm so old uh well hey uh, beats mine i got a half-eaten can of chili peppers before oh right i remember that yeah, so we can go on the uh, the stories about the wonderful gifts we've uh, bestowed upon each other here because uh, these two, we've got two things for you lined up today, and they are, and perhaps they're gifts bestowed upon us, but what would you say? Are you more excited about what we're going to talk about today, or are you more like, eh, run-of-the-mill, typical? So I'm actually a little worried, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I had talked to Sierra about this yesterday, because we were originally going to record last night, but then my garage studio had like an infestation of crickets that were chirping, and it, you know I love the podcast audience, but none of you are worth editing out that sound for, because it is a very tedious process. So we moved it to today, and I'm glad that we did, because it gave me time to kind of reflect and digest. I don't want to just be a naysayer about the monsters. Um, so I, I'd want to pitch to you how I would do a prequel or a sequel to the monsters. Are you ready? Shoot. I wouldn't. Uh, well, not even with that 1996, uh, the, the monsters Christmas, what was that? The monsters Christmas or have yourself a scare, like the ones with that didn't even have Fred Gwynn in there. Correct. Those ones actually are not the worst sequels or adaptations. There's monsters today. And that's, I think, why I really had a hard time with Rob Zombie's movie is because it is much more in tone of Monster's Day. Have you ever watched that from the 80s? I haven't seen that one, no. What, are oh. you going by the color scheme of that one? It, not just the colors, but also the way they're presented. Like, Fred Gwynn is... Like, that's the hardest impersonation in the world, if you ask me. His voice is nasally whimsically airy deep baritone i mean there's so many things going on and then you have the mannerisms on top of just the natural cadence of his voice um that's just an impossible task i and i think the guy who did the uh the tv movies that were like the reboots those were actually quite good um, in my estimation obviously not the same his body type's different but that's the best impersonation i've seen um, by a pretty far margin uh, definitely when you factor in the guy from sliders he was in uh, Mockingbird Lane, right? Uh, Jerry McConnell. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, Jerry McConnell. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> I think he's been canceled now, I think. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. I mean, just from all this is like, oh, you're just a typical womanizer and every he's like, that's just a character I play. I promise. Oh, like Tomcats. How about Jake Busey's nuts, huh? Jake, well, Jake Busey gets around in the uh, very uh, dollar store, uh, dollar bin, budget-friendly movies nowadays. So, <laughs> Yeah, you know, he's one of those guys who, uh, when he's in stuff, I'm like, cool, but I would never go out of my way to see him. No, I wouldn't either. That's it, It's like a car accident. You're, you're really just going there. It's like, okay, I, I like you, Jake Busey, but uh, what's your dad doing? Yeah, exactly, huh? right? Can yeah. we age up your role and give you this? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well, I guess going back into that here. So uh, we got two movies for you. We got the Rob Zombie's The Munsters and we got Hocus Pocus 2. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, how did you like Hocus Pocus 2? I guess that's just a preface for things to come, I guess. So here's the thing. Um, I feel like to a certain extent, Hocus Pocus was a deserved experience, right? Like 
it was a movie that failed but had a cult following and in terms of like disney cult followings it's pretty minimal that that happens you got like emperor's new groove kind of but you got movies like black cauldron and stuff which just always stay in the background they don't become cult classics and have this diehard voracious fan base and so like hocus pocus felt earned felt deserved like um, whereas the monsters i think if this was the first time i'd seen new monsters content i might be more forgiving but because i've seen here come the monsters because i've seen the santa's one that you were talking about because i've seen monsters today because i've seen mockingbird lane it's like look it's just not going to work for me in that way but it's not to say i completely hated it it was just i'll say this i can see myself re-watching hocus pocus 2 cannot see myself re-watching the monsters does that make sense it does yeah now now we're surfing a fine line here because you got to remember too that these movies are also made for general audiences so yep. let me ask you a question because i don't have kids of my own but for you would your would your kids gravitate towards the monsters like the rob zombie one if, they, if it was on tv i think that they would watch it but they wouldn't be enamored with it you know they, there's mm. the passive watching my son is a huge when it comes to that like the tv's on and he's just kind of like oh what the fuck ever um versus aurora she's like mesmerized and hypnotized at all times but she loves hocus pocus she really liked hocus pocus too um which i think you know it's definitely a lighter more juvenile tone but i think that's one of the like you know you hear guys like mcgarris talk about how the original was meant to be so much more severe and they had to pull it back and it's like but if you compare it to a lot of kids cinema like you look at halloween town for example which was also disney it's also way more severe so i think that even broadening it on you know, in this level was a very deliberate choice to expand the audience base, um, which I completely understand doing. If you're going to come back to a property after over 25 years, um, it's kind of untested. And then you factor in all the circumstances of how it was filmed and how it's distributed. It makes sense that you would make the safest bet that you can versus like the monsters. It's so weird to me. They didn't put that on Peacock or whatever. Like they have such little faith in it that they just kind of dumped it off on netflix to me which is just odd right uh yeah yeah well here's the thing <clears throat> maybe i can uh, starting to sound like gavin newsom <sighs> i gotta do something about that frog in my throat but uh hopefully by the end of this podcast today i'll convince you that the monsters isn't all that bad and if you look at it like a public access snickers uh kind of 90s tv commercial Maybe, maybe you might like it a little more. I don't know. Well, that's just me. I love the public access shit. Like I used to watch, I, I love shows like Sven Gooley and um, uh, back in Ohio, it was called Son of Ghoul. And uh, it was like low budget stuff like this, but very vi- vibrant. And the camera looks like it was really cheap. I don't know. That, that's the one thing about it. I will say the monsters too fucking long. Rob Zombie's yep. sitting waxing his carrot uh, to every scene. Like the, I, I understand like it's, it's, it's aimed for general audiences, but I want to ask you, would your kids get the Sonny and Cher like nope. three minute song and dance reference? They know that song because they've heard Sierra and I reference Groundhog Day a thousand times. Also, check out I Got You Babe, a Groundhog Day podcast. Uh, but they wouldn't care. And that's another thing is it's like, it's so weird. Like there's these dated references and then, you know, some stuff happens. And like you said, it's like, it's too long, but then also like you feel shortchanged by the end of it. And also, like, the, the the relationships don't make sense because it's, like, these weird vignettes because, like, you look at Grandpa and Herman, like, that's that's some of the best on-screen chemistry you ever have. That's one of my favorite friendships, relationships that you ever even see in movies. And then in this one, it's, like, they're enemies, then frenemies, then, oh, I guess you just supplanted my entire life to a completely new nation, and I'm completely cool with you. Like, it just felt oddly rushed and paced and the things that were interesting ideas weren't done enough. And then the other stuff, like the oil can robot that was in like one episode, like I, who gives a shit? Well, you know who, who played the uh, oil can robot, right? Who? Uh, Eddie Munster. Oh, that's fun. Okay. I'll and, give him and they changed his voice and everything. So it's like, you wouldn't even know it's a, it's a deeply hidden, hidden Easter egg. Seriously. Interesting. Yeah. At first, uh, well, I see, I didn't even know that robot. Cause here's, I'll be honest with you. Like, I know of the monsters and I've seen like episodes here and there, but I was never like, I, I never sat down and actually watched like full episodes. It was just, I was more of like an Adams family person. Interesting. Um, but you're, yes. you're like two years younger than me, right? I am. Yeah. I'm 31. So, 
Oh, you're even younger than that. I'm 35. So that Adam's family, Adam's family values right at your age group. Because I had I had the Munsters before I had the Raul Julia, Angelica Houston, Christopher Lloyd masterpieces. And that's something I'll say too. The Adams Family show walked so the Munsters could run. Like it's not a great show in my opinion. The movies are great. And it's always been frustrating because I can see Universal trying over and over again to do that. And it's like, that's just not going to happen. You're, you're, that's lightning in a bottle, never meant to be duplicated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, and that's the thing too. Like I, I, when the trailer for the Munsters came out, everyone was shitting all over it. And, uh, you know, rightly so. When I saw the trailer, I'm like, Ooh, this needs to be edited a little bit. Um, like, like I saw the costumes. Cause I, I mean, like I said, I knew the Munsters was the 60s sitcom and stuff, but I didn't know if it was like purposely bad costumes. Like you could even see uh, the, the uncle Gilbert's uh, eye holes. Yeah. Uh, when he's like sitting down in the movie theater. Um, or maybe it was like a, I see, I didn't know. I thought he was like a flat, like thinking it was Rob Zombie. It would be like a flasher uh, creature from the black lagoon or something. But uh, and then there was weird stuff like the mummy that's mouth didn't move and, and some bad ADR and stuff. And it was really weird. Cause the, there's moments where it looks beautiful. Like when they're at the, I don't know. I think it was filmed in Poland. This, uh, the the lab, which is like an abandoned power plant, that looks great. You got Grandpa's castle, looks great. Or I guess we're calling him the Count because he's not a grandpa yet. Uh, and then you just have like stuff that looks so terrible and shitty, uh, which is just it. It's over bloated. That's the thing. Stick with the great sets that you have. Like that's just it, it's completely unnecessary to hit four or five other places. I don't care about her going on a date with another guy at a very, very bad looking restaurant. I mean, that was set dressing. I remember doing a student film in 2007 and we had a nicer restaurant set than that. And that's a feature or quote unquote feature film. Uh, see, see, I'm the opposite on that. I love the cheapness of it. Like, I love that it looked like it was filmed in like a spirit Halloween. Um, I, like I said, like I, I love the greasy strangler and that's kind of what it reminded me of like a really cheap looking set. Yeah. Where like if they need to extend the back of a room, they'll just green screen it. So it's like the real part and then the rest of it's like fake. Um, but yeah, that was I was laughing my ass off when uh, when he dates she dates uh, who's a Count Orlock, the Nosferatu, and he like goes back to his cave. I mean, he's doing his weird. It, I we I think I laughed because it was so awkward. Yes. And, yeah, and then I turned to uh, Yahira and my brother. We were watching it, and we're just like, "What the fuck was that?" And we laughed because it was like a "What the fuck" moment. But that's again something like you watch it one time and it's entertaining. You watch another time, you're like, "Well, I already kind of know this is going to happen. I'm not really entertained by it." Yeah. Um, and and honestly, I like cheap. You and I both know that we how much we like cheap. And a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff on B movie I like. I just like when cheap looks like there's effort behind it. You could make a cardboard set look cool and entertaining. This was just putting on some drapes and stuff. And so that's the thing that kind of frustrated me is because. You know, if they had put effort into it and it still looked cheap, like that's cool. It's a stylistic choice. Like when they're fl- driving through LA, that's fine. It's cheap, but it's stylized. You know, the fact that mm-hmm. they are just obviously in front of a green screen. Okay, cool. Like I don't mind that. So it's that same kind of attitude. And that was a short vignette, which was a stopgap between arriving and getting there. Right. And so it wasn't completely necessary, but it did serve. Oh, Jason's joining us. Look at this beautiful boy. Hey, we got someone at the ring that Transylvania doorbell. Who's this? Who's this? Hello? Hello? Ding dong. You rang. Oh, wait, wrong movie. Larch. All right. Well, we got to Mr. Jason Hill resurrecting from the grave here. So he'll be in momentarily. Yeah, I'm sure he's he got is. tons of cheese, mate, because I think it'll be good to hear his witty banter back and forth here. Let me ask you this, Doug. Did you ever want or uh, read any of the Adams family cart or the uh, comics? I never. Oh, oh, the actual like ones from the newspaper clippings. Yeah. Uh, no, I know of them. Like I was. Uh, I knew of them, but I was more of a fan of like, uh, I love the Adams Family movies. And then I loved the one that was on, uh, what was it? Cartoon, the Hanna-Barbera one. Yeah. I, I used to watch that all the time. So Can you people hear me? I can you hear people. you, Jason. You people. Oh, you people. Is this some sort what? of political statement? Yes. What are you guys doing? We, we are, are talking about the Munsters and the Hocus Pocus, too. And you get to be the arbiter. Which one of us is going to convince you to watch one of these unnecessary but arguably deserved sequel slash prequels? All right. So I am currently driving to an ATM to give my drug dealer drug money. So yeah. you've got max five minutes. And I'm okay. not actually doing a drug deal. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> well, save some heroin for, for uh, you know, 
for for the little dragon that's in Herman Munster's basement. If you only so. smoke it, you can't get addicted to it, right? Isn't that how that works? I think uh, that is. That's science. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all uh, right, Doug, so make your pitch to Jason why he needs to watch it. Okay, so this is so I'm going to convince you why you should watch the monsters. A, okay. have you watched the original monsters TV series? Yes, I have. Okay, not religiously like Jake. I know Jake is a huge fan. Yeah. Okay, but I did watch it growing up. Yes. See, I've seen bits and pieces. I don't think I've ever really watched a full episode there. But when I watch the monsters, uh, the Rob Zombie one, uh, it's cheap looking. It looks like a '90s candy commercial. Uh, the colors are vibrant. Um, and it's, I think the humor is that it's so awkward that it's funny. Uh, I love the color scheme. I love the cheapness of it. Uh, it does wax its own carrot. It is almost two hours long. So Eesh. I will give it that, but it's a great movie. If you want to have, uh, like if, if you're having like a party or something or have people over, just throw it on in the background, people will be mesmerized by it. I, I think that Grant, everyone, I even thought Sherry Moon Zombie did a good job in it too. Um, she kind of played like a schizophrenic. Uh, she kept moving her hands a lot too, uh, so I don't know what that was about. Okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if Lily Munster did that a lot. And the... no, that's no. one of the things. She, her, I understand. We have talked about this. I understand you can't recreate Fred Gwynn. That's that was never going to work for me. But I was very surprised at how people defended Sherry Moon online, and she has this quivering voice, and it's like, what? That's no, 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 no. Um, and like physical mannerisms as well. Like I could see kind of getting some of it wrong here or there, but Yvonne DiCarlo had, she did kind of like sway her hands a bit, but not like she was trying to conduct an orchestra on fire. Yeah, it, it kept, I kept reminding, I even asked the I'm like, did she do it? It looks like, uh, you know, when someone's trying to interrupt a co- or ask someone a question while two people are com- conversing together. And it's like, it, 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 <laughs> like, it was always like that. Like when she's asking Herman on a date and stuff, um, I, I did like uh, the the guy who played Herman. Um, I think he did a good job as like the nerd comedian. Uh, yeah. So that I think they all did decent. Now, now, uh, Grandpa or or the Count, did he always sound like an old depressed Jewish guy? Or that's that's not how he sounded in the movie, did he? Or in the not show? As much uh, Al Lewis's presentation, he kind of had a pluckiness, and like he was really like. That's what I mean. His relationship with Herman was so fun because it was occasionally antagonistic, very often very convivial, and they had fun together. And they both had such an atypical presentation, you know, kind of like that manic, you know, Gomez Adams, where he's Mm -hmm. like a little bit, a little bit like that. They kept it fun and breezy. Um, But yeah, I honestly don't think that the count was bad. I think that he was probably the best iteration of any of them. Radagast the Brown in uh, the the guy who plays Boris, that's just a bat in the show. So it's kind of a fun origin. I don't mind the change at all. Like that's actually something I'm fine with when you're adding lore like that. That's just not really delved into. So that was okay. But um, now, is yeah. Eddie in this movie? Nope, no, he's not even born yet. It ends before that. What about the cousin? Uh, cousin? No, Marilyn is not in it. What? So it's just the uh, the the parents and the grandpa. Yeah, so that's what I was telling Doug. Like, it seems like it it feels too long and too short at the same time. Because, like Doug said, it's almost two hours long, but then you end before any of the good stuff goes. And like, maybe they thought they were gonna make a sequel series out of this or something. Uh, God, I hope not. No offense, Doug. Uh, because like that's what we were talking about before you came on, Jason. Was this is a movie I could watch one time and not hate? Okay, it was fine. That's my opinion of the monsters. It was fine. But if okay. I was to ever watch it a second time, I wouldn't have the same analytical, how are they going to try and pull this off? I wouldn't have the the shock and awe of the Count doing the weird dance. Um, and those things I would lose, and I just don't think that it's there. The one thing I'll say about Hocus Pocus 2, I do think I would watch that again. In fact, I've already watched it three times because of my kids. Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and going into Hocus Pocus 2. So, so my thing with the Munsters um, is that I, I'd say give it a watch. Like, don't just pass up. I think it's an, I think... It's an oddity. Agreed. I think that's how you should see that as like a um, uh, what's the word? Like not a tourist trap, but uh, kind of like like creep you're show. driving, kind kind of like creep show. A creep show is is good. Like I can watch it over and over again. Oh, I said freak show. Oh, freak show. Uh, yeah, I could kind of see. Yeah, kind of like a freak show, but it's like, oh, you know what? We're gonna go drive two hours to the biggest sock in in America. There you go. You know what I mean? Like it's a come out. It's like, ooh, wow, the biggest sock in in America. You know, it's nice to look at, but underneath it's 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 just a sock. 
So. Yeah, and that's what it is. This is it's just a fan film. Mm-hmm. And it, like the thing is, like I think you were, I saw on your face, you kind of looked surprised. That I didn't mind like the changing of the backstory. It was okay. Like none of this offends me. And the big thing that we've talked about on this show a lot when it comes to remakes and supplemental materials, it doesn't undercut what you loved, right? The fact is, like I said, I'll never watch this again, but I will absolutely go back and watch the original. There's a reason I've only ever sat through Monsters today one time because the show is bad. Um, but I've watched the original for 33 years. I mean, it's crazy how long it's been part of my consciousness. Yeah. Th- now, there is one part, Jason, that I will say actually made me cringe. I, like, I-, I-, I turned to my brother and I- we just started laughing because it was so fucking stupid. I'm like, it was this. Is this how the humor was in the show? The one where um, grandpa makes a uh, he makes like he's trying to make a, a new husband for for Lily. That's uh, a direct and, rip off of the show with the Fred Astaire shoes, but yeah, keep going. Is, okay, yeah, and he makes like a, a Elvis in a chimp outfit, and it's and the camera's like sped up, and he like kind of tap dances. I'm like, what the who the fuck was this made? Like that's when I had my realization. I'm like, is this good or is this bad? But I I like it because it's so fucking weird. It's like something you'd see like at two a.m. at public access if a community college was trying to make um their own interpretation of the monsters on like a uh, five hundred dollar budget. Okay, yeah. now Doug, you remember those Duracell commercials from back in the day, right from the nineties, where there was those, a family, those very like scary battery people. Yeah, yes. Does it? You're you're saying like an old commercial from those days. Does it reminds you of those, the family, the Duracell family. Yes, yes, with the big buck teeth. That's kind of how Herman Munster looks in this here, and it's got those weird kind of camera angles too. Or the Promise video of uh, when why known as Big Brown Beaver. Remember that one with our cowboys, but they're like plastic cowboys. I've seen big, big brown beavers before, but not in commercials. Uh, oh, no, the a Primus music video from back oh, in the 90s. I'll have to YouTube it. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, so it sounds interesting. You've, you've uh, gotten me more excited to see the movie than I thought I would be. I will go ahead and admit I am not a Rob Zombie movie fan at all. I know Aide can hear me down in Orlando now, and she's probably about to pop on and uh, cut my jugular. <laughs> she heard um, you over a hurricane, and now she is a second hurricane. Yes, she, she absolutely. She she's about to. Yes, it's going to be bad things to me. You'll probably never see me on the podcast again. I will disappear. But before I do that, Jake, pitch Hocus Pocus two to me, and we'll see if I want to watch that more or the monsters. I mean, so in terms of a sequel or anything, it's just another movie. It's more of the same. Uh, it doesn't completely overhaul anything. It adds a little bit of backstory. Uh, I like the fact that it's sentimental in the sense that I mean, obviously since Hocus Pocus came out, who gravitates to whom? Does anybody ever dress up as Thora Birch? Or how many times have you seen someone dressed up as Winifred? How many sure. times have you seen three people, uh, men, women, or others, dressed up as these characters? Or, or Billy, for that. I mean, like the, the main characters are them. And so by the end of it, they still get their comeuppance. They, they're not like get out of jail free, but it is, it's almost more celebratory. Um, and it's okay. interesting because there's at least an argument that uh, one of the guys who helps their resuscitation is under the conception like, oh, they were painted with a bad brush. And that's something that you see happen so often nowadays when it comes to, uh, you know, the reflecting on history and looking at things with a different gender study or racial study or critical race theory, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so for him to come to their defense and then go, oh, no, they are kind of deplorable, but then they kind of have a redemption. Um, it was way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. And I laughed out loud multiple times. Okay. I have two questions for you about yes. Hocus Pocus 2. Is Doug Jones in this? Yes. Yes. Uh, and who is Hocus Pocus 2 for? For my kids. Not for so anybody it's not else. for okay, so it's not for people that grew up with it, it's for their kids. It's something that I can watch with you know my four year old, and nothing was very severe. I mean, there was a part where the girls are like kind of separated for a second when the witches, when they're girls, and that's as severe as it gets. Everything else is very fun. Versus, okay. you know, the first time I watched Focus Focus was with my kiddo, I was like, I have to keep an eye on some of the you know the language and stuff, which sure. wasn't bad at all, but um. Yeah, it's definitely meant for a legacy. I mean, this is like, you know, how our parents took us to see the Star Wars special edition in the 90s. It's the same thing. Like, this is meant for me to go, oh, I'm very nostalgic about this. Let me introduce it to you. My daughter goes, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of uh, the Dumb and Dumber sequel that came out where it's like, oh, here's the characters again. It's like, oh, we're going to. It felt almost like Ghostbusters too, where where they kind of followed the same outline. Oh, they they end up at a festival. They're going to sing again. Oh, they got tricked by water. Oh, they got you know what I mean. It follows yeah. kind of the same beats. 
does it stand on its own or is it really just nostalgia exploitation not as much nostalgia exploitation as i thought but definitely you know a muck a muck a muck and little things like that but it wasn't like you were hinging plot points on it so it was okay. like homage but not a too deep of a deviation like my kids didn't get distracted by it at all yeah okay. it, it also felt like a super bowl commercial ad yeah. with walgreens holy fuck how much did walgreens pay for this movie <laughs> i have heard the walgreens complaint for this movie i have oh, heard yeah. that yes Oh, there's and like I, a ten I, minute scene with Walgreens. Yeah, and I even and then, talked to a coworker whose wife is apparently a huge fan of the OG, and so she said she said that she had seen it two or three times already over the weekend. Um, I remember I recommended because there is a sequel novel for people that might not know that there was a, a they released it a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know if it's any good or not, but I recommended that to her. So I was like, "Hey, tell her you got this for a present. Don't even say I recommend it for you. Be the super husband that you are." There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say, now, Doug, you really did pitch to me really well. I just got to say, you had a huge mountain to climb because I just do not like Rob Zombie movies. I like Rob Zombie. I just do not like Rob Zombie movies, but you absolutely did tickle my fancy with the monsters. Well, here's what but, I'll say. Like Rob uh-huh. Zombie's kind of like, like if you're going to go to Longhorn Steakhouse, you already know there's going to be peanuts all over the fucking floor. You already sure. know what you're getting into, but it's like, you know oh, what? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm craving Longhorn Steakhouse. And that's kind of how it's like, you know what? I'm craving a Rob Zombie movie. I'm going to go see it. This one is almost like Rob Zombie on the kids' menu. Like you see every one thing every, having fun in the back, you get some of the other references. But I don't know. I just feel like it's it's Rob Zombie and they give him like a, a very vibrant neon paintbrush to, to make this movie with. And he made it the cheapest way possible, but somehow I, I even like cousin. I think it was cousin Wolfie, the, the asshole werewolf guy that sells their house. Her um, brother, who's in, I believe, one episode of the original show. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. a deep so, cut! What a deep cut! So he's like the villain, and then Cassandra Peterson is in this too. So you do get some Elvira. I did there. see that. Now is she Cassandra Peterson? Or Peterson or she Elvira? She's Cassandra. She's, She's an Cassandra. old gypsy woman. Ah, well, that makes sense. Um, well, it's like I said, you have you you have uh made me more anticipated and anticipatory for this movie than i thought i would be but it's just a steep mountain to climb and i think i'm going to watch hocus pocus 2 instead uh you can blame it on jake's litigation skills um <laughs> i will I also, not like you said the the deck was stacked severely in my favor and i do it think really it was. really highlighted the best parts of it i almost like kicked the can and just was almost dismissive about it because it just you know especially if you grew up and that was one of the comparisons we made to like the Raul Julia um, Adams family. This is not a reinvention like that. This is really fan film territory. Okay. So what are you looking forward to more? Uh, are you looking forward to the Adams family remake at all or Wednesday, I guess? I'm curious. I'm not overly optimistic. Um, if I'm honest, I was never the hugest fan. I mean, I, I did watch the old black and white show on occasion. Um, I'm actually a bigger fan of the comic strip than I am of the show, but then I'm a bigger fan of the movies than I am of the comic strip. So it's almost oh, so like I remember movie. I watched the cartoon growing up a lot in the 90s. Yeah, um, that, th- that one it paired up with uh, Beetlejuice very nicely, which I liked as yeah. well. Um, yeah. In fact, like they're so similar in style. Uh, I'd probably even rank that second to the movies now I think about it. And then, so what about you, Jason? Are you into Wednesday or are you into maybe Thursday or Friday? Uh, you know, kind of, you know, I, it's, if it wasn't for Tim Burton, no, granted, he hasn't yep. done anything interesting. He's just been on that, that Disney teat since, I don't know, the 20s. Um, but I'm somewhat anticipating, I don't know, it's Netflix. So they'll push it down my throat. And then when I finally watch it, they'll announce that they're canceling it right after just I finally like break down and watch yep. it. You know, and it's just like... I'm really this close to canceling my Netflix subscription. It's like the most expensive and everything on there sucks. Except for the good stuff that they immediately cancel. I canceled mine and then I got it free with my phone plan. And I was like, I can't escape this shit. (laughs) Well, well, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. And this is, I think, why I like the monster. I I liked Hocus Pocus 2. Don't get me wrong. I did feel Hocus Pocus 2 is a little bit uh, too commercial and too, like, sanitary in some spots. Yeah. Um, But uh, we're talking about Wednesday. So that's a fucking show like 50 an hour long episode per each monsters is two hours you know what i mean so what if, if wednesday ends up turning bad what did more damage on you on your time in your life wednesday yes, where it's true. like eight hours or monsters where it's an hour and 48 minutes well that that's is, one of the things with, with netflix too is it's like i i'm generally a guy who waits until a show is entirely over before i invest in it 
Like I, I laugh my ass off at all of you Game of Thrones people who were so upset or you lost people who were so upset or you how I met your mother people who were so upset by the ending. Um, and so that's one of the things with Netflix is if I don't watch it, it gets canceled. And so even if it is good, it prematurely ends. So it's this vicious cycle where if they were like, okay, we're committed to two seasons. Okay, then yep. that's fine. And also I know that it's not likely to end on a huge cliffhanger because it's not facilitating the second season based on that kind of enticement. I just make it good on its own merits. That's one of the things that I would just love if things could be more self-contained. And that's another reason why I like the finality of Hocus Pocus too, whereas the monsters felt like, okay, and now we're finally getting to the stuff that you care about. Now, Jason, do you care about spoilers? Or, or are we doing spoilers on this episode, Jason? I, actually, I should probably get off now. I uh, hope I didn't derail y'all's podcast too much. Uh, no, no, no. It was no, a fun no. exercise. It was a fun exercise, even though it was uh, stacked very much against you. It was like Jake showed up to court knowing the judge was going to throw it out. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I think I would be the worst judge because I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Watch them both. <laughs> and that's, I think, the thing I, I would agree with. I think that it's good. And I also think it's a good contrast between the two. Right. Sure. Um, and I'll say that neither of these are anywhere near as bad as the Adams Family animated movies that came out in the last few years. I hate those. My really? kids love them. I hate I them. them. Um, that sucks, too. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Well, all right. I'll let you guys get into the spoiler parts of the show. And I will, uh, I guess I'm sure I'll probably send you guys a text message at some point or I'll wake up to 30 text messages like the group chat's been going here recently. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> we need more people on the West Coast to kind of even that out, I think. Yeah, and someone has a fucking iPhone because I see it's like, oh, you got a new message, and it's just a heart for the iPhone people. Like, oh, it's me. The fuck? I have an iPhone. It's just, oh, I think I'm the only person. You're a nerd. So you're the heart giver. You're the reason I can't <laughs> send video messages. Yo, that's right. That's why they always go through Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. But all, all right, right well, guys. Good goddamn riddance. <laughs> Later. All right, yeah. Mr. Yasun. Take care. I removed okay. him. Oh, it says I have to report him. Don't report him. No, no, yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to get his account suspended. Well, he does have an iPhone giving hearts and making us get the text messages because we're we're all Samsung people. So yeah, that's the way it should be. I want to give my money to a country that's bordering the country that's blowing up Japan. Yeah, see, and you get a cool little pen to wave. It's like, don't nuke me. At least exactly. you have a pen to wave. Uh, so, do you so know how yeah. stylus? Oh, uh-huh. do you know how stylish a stylus is? I know it's pretty stylish to get a stylus. You have a stylus on yours, right? I do. I love it. I use it all the time. It's how I did the keyframe animation for your fucking movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of cheap, low budget effects, but but Jake did a really good job. So I don't know when this episode's coming out, but uh, Trash Juice is October 12th. And you can see Jake's amazing face face effects. You know, this uh, you get face spinnings and uh, it jumping off the screen and stuff, you know. Yeah. The wonders you got to do when actors bail on you and say, I can't do your movie because I got to do a fucking uh, my agent doesn't want me to do it because he wants me to do Hallmark Christmas movies. So, well, I got to commend you on the way that you handle that. Very artful, very tasteful. It's almost a seamless transition. You'd never know that that guy abruptly got written out of the movie 10 minutes in. Uh, Well, yeah, you never know. But that's OK. See, if Rub Zombie was doing it, uh, Rub Zombie. So, oh, great. Now I'm going to call him Rub Zombie. I actually so. really like that name. Rub Zombie. That would have been good for the monsters here. So, yeah, actually, uh, um, I don't know if you know this, but I have a new name. It's Bingo Banano uh, because I was using uh, AI image generators to do a <laughs> picture of like the banana splits bingo. And it came up and like, you know how usually the text for AI is terrible. This one actually was legible. And so I've been going by Bingo Banano. That's my um, my stage name. Yeah, yeah. So for all you people out there, uh, so when Jake's on stage doing drag, bingo, bango, or bingo, what was it again? Banano, B-I-N-A-N-O. Yeah, you just got to tuck the banana between your legs and you're good to go. But 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 Jake is like obsessed with these AI generators on, online. And uh, yeah, he's made a bunch of weird things, like fa- weird things like when he, I, I was some sort of lizard king or something. I don't know. Yeah, I've done uh, quite a few. I even found a way to make pornography with it, which is interesting. Really? What was like bang bus or i can i can only imagine bang bus in the cars there's cars fucking well there's a few different ones that allow you because the most popular ones like doll e and and um you know uh, there's a few other ones mid journey and stuff um they have very strictly coded like parameters like, like for instance i tried to take a picture of 
gym turn where it's him with a sword tried to upload it and it recognized there was a sword in the picture and said no it goes against our terms of use it's a violent image um so they're very strict in that regard and then there's some that just aren't and so that's how they're marketing themselves is like hey you can make a vagina uh, the reason that I'm so fascinated by it is because of like the neural network of content um, and also the legal ramifications that come out of it, right? Like if let's say you and me, we're making a, a, a dolly mini and we're going to make an AI image generator and I put in Rob Zombie Munsters style uh, werewolf. Should Rob Zombie get money for that? Because it used a data set involving his, and while the neural network made a new bit of content, a new series of ones and zeros, it is derived inarguably from copyrighted work. Oh, my PBS brain and cerebellum are exploding. <laughs> that's so, that's uh, why I'm so fascinated by it. And yeah, it's also no, to push to see, like, because it's another great way of testing what is readily accessible what like using search terminology to show a data set because like for instance if i were to put in slashers podcast you got a few thousand images floating around the internet if i was to use the joe rogan podcast you have you know nine million hours of streaming video where you could pull from and so it's interesting to see what kind of content can generate a more realistic likeness and, and things like that as well yeah, well, I mean, Jake even plugged in a trash juice thing to make like a poster and look like the Russian uh, kind of a Papua New Guinea poster for trash juice. So, hey, yeah, there like you go. The, uh, the Asylum Films presents the juice of the dumpster. Yeah, yeah. See, you got to make it in Spanish, though. Hugo de Basura. So. Ooh, that sounds good. You should be a pro wrestler with that name. Hugo de Basura coming you in could, to clean la culo. You could so. be like the great Muda and spit green mist in people's faces. Well, hey, Micah, if you got any more wrestling suits, I could be the uh, the Hugo de Basuda man. So, but there is already a fucking trash man. That was uh, uh, Danny Duke DeVito. the dumpster. Yeah, yeah. So, oh man, but uh, yeah. So after uh, Jason fucking derailed us, after I hope I hope I hope it ate your credit card, Jason, at the ATM or whatever you did. Yeah, and I hope that they doused your heroin with something a little bit more uh, stiff. Yeah, well, I mean, Russia's in big trouble right now, so they can't fill it with crocodile. You oh, know? man, that's just so gnarly. Mm. Flaking skin off like it's nothing. Yeah, see, you pull it off and save it for later, just like Chop Top. But, uh, yeah, so speaking of peeling off skin and eating it like Chop Top, yeah, so Hocus Pocus too. So did I did, – honestly – when you saw this one, what were you thinking before you even watched it? Was this another one like the monsters where it's like, I'm curious to see what they did? Yeah, like it, it okay. was all just seeing how they were going to do it and how they were going to effectuate the balance of, uh, you know, fan service, right? Because you you know that's the, that's the era that we live in. I mean, and the fact is, is I guess you could call it like a soft reboot, but at the same point, like that, it it was derivative, but it also had a smaller pool to pull from you know like so that's one of the things that's interesting as well like the, the monsters was loaded with tons of references and homage which i do appreciate you know like yeah i get it al lewis puts the shoes in the the, the herman's gonna learn to dance doesn't take the potion blah 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 um and so having that in this like it's cool but that's a little too niche i guess even my kid was able to get the the references like the amok amok that sarah jessica parker does um so it was you know, honestly that was a, a maybe a thing that determined it as well i got to enjoy it through the lens of my children right versus the monsters i watched alone but also the monsters i watched alone as a kid no one that i knew watched it was a, a fucking 30 year old show by the time i was a kid so i didn't have any friends who watched it my parents didn't watch it the only time i was watching it was when they were doing something else or they were at work and i was homesick or whatever um so it was a very solitary experience maybe that had something to do with it as well it sounds like you watched both with people right uh, I did. Yeah. Or Munster. Like I said, Munsters was one of the things I, if I recall, it was on Nick at night, right? Like after Roseanne and stuff, or I don't remember, but I just remember it would come like, I'd watch cartoons sometimes. And then the Munsters would come on and be like, eh, I wonder if it's TV land, but yeah, something like that. TV land. It yeah. Was it was the night, but the, it also aired during the day as well. And that was where I saw it more often. Oh, okay. But yeah, see, and that's the thing too. Like I, like I love the original Hocus Pocus. I actually legitimately like that. Like uh, when I was a younger, it was always short circuit critters, uh, child's play, and, and hocus pocus. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So and that so well, Hocus Nick Garris wrote uh, you know Critters too and um, Hocus he Pocus. He did. Yeah. I think that's why I gravitate. And even uh, recently, like I rewatched uh, the first Hocus Pocus again, and I'm like, you know, it is it still holds up. The, the effects well. on, on Binks the cat look really good even to this day. And, and it's the jokes are funny. I think Winifred, like uh, her, her facial reactions are like the funniest things ever. Oh, still. so good. So like you could do a whole like collection of gifts using just her face that work uh, with the original too. It's kind of interesting because a lot of that fashion is trendy again. It, and so to see when I rewatched it most recently, I was like, oh, my God, like I just saw a hipster walking around like that just today. And so it's it's interesting how that generational recycling kind of goes on. It does. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like uh, it's it even though it's Disney, I, I don't know something with me when I was a kid. I didn't I don't remember it being I mean, Disney's, you know, fan their nuts over it now. It's all over the place, like Nightmare Before Christmas and stuff. They realize they've hit that market and they're going to tap it. Um, but when I was a kid, like I, did, I honestly forgot it was Disney. I thought it was like a, a universal movie or something. Well, it was distributed through the Buena Vista imprint. So it wasn't hugely, but, and also, I mean, it got buried. Like they went out the same week as Jurassic Park. Like, are you retarded? You're putting oh, and- out a Halloween movie, July. Yeah, July. And then it didn't come out. I remember it didn't come out until it was released in 93 and didn't come out on VHS till 95. Is that what I don't know if it's that far, but I do know it completely skipped the Halloween season. So it didn't like catch up and go, oh, okay, now, you know, you get your home movie release in time for Halloween, as far as I remember, because it's a movie that I ended up buying. Yeah, no, I remember watching it over and over and over again. I I like those characters. But I will say with Hocus Pocus, too, like besides it being like, you know, of course, now it's super popular. So every every advertisement uh, they can have is going to be in it. Like I said, the whole Walgreens thing. It feels like a Super Bowl commercial at, at sometimes because it it's so sanitary and clean. Like when you saw the DeLorean on the Walmart commercial and stuff, I completely understand that. You get no argument from me there. Um, you know, the fact is, like, narratively, it actually kind of worked the whole like beautification thing and the souls and the cream. Like, I thought that was a clever way of doing it, but it was transparent what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. I did laugh at the part when she had the face mask. She's like, look, it's the face of a baby. Yes. So fresh. I love that. <laughs> I like so, the Roombas, for example. Like, luckily, it wasn't like Roomba branded Roombas. It was just the idea of like a smart sweeper or whatever. Um, and so there was stuff that was like it was hokey and it was corny, but it was to an extent where it was like in on the joke. Whereas I feel like you had said, I almost wish that there was a character like Marilyn or Eddie in the Munsters to watch and go, "Now nah, this isn't cool," you know? Oh, that's not a good reference. Oh, that's that's a fifty year old reference. We don't need to do that. Uh, because I think that would have worked because with the Sandersons, you had that, you know, contemporary foil to go, oh, no, you know, this is an automated door, you know, like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's You know, I didn't even think about that. That th- So that is what feels like it's missing. But I think that's what makes the Munsters unique on its own, because you don't have any of those 21st century characters saying that, oh, this is, you know, giving you like kind of composition of how it's going to be it's like oh wait that's that's not how this works uh you know what i mean like everyone's just their own like it's such a bizarre world uh not only because they're monsters but just because they're uh i don't even know like it's there's no rules to it everything goes and nothing's questioned by any of the characters yeah and that's an interesting thing the person who's the most prejudiced is herman munster the guy who actually has one of the most poignant diatribes ever about accepting people and the caliber of your character um on the show um, it, w- it was very interesting, especially to have it like set in like a Tim Burton esque, um, you know, very anachronistic, like uh, Edward Scissorhands in a lot of ways, where Edward Scissorhands feels like it's set in the 80s. And then you look at the pastel little pillbox houses like Joan Baez is talking about, and it's got this quaintness and this this retro aesthetic, almost like what you're breaking apart from with the, the new youth. Um, and so that anachronism, I could see how it could have worked. I just don't feel like it did. What did you think of the doctor's assistant from the Munsters who comes up with the name Herman Munster? Uh, that was the guy from Lost, right? Is that yeah. who it was? Yeah. Uh, he was funny. I was, I mean, he was just playing an Igor character. I didn't think there was anything really special with him. Um, I don't know what, like I liked Richard Brake's Vincent Price, like impersonation. He was great. Uh, yeah, he was good. Uh, I, I don't think anything really special of the Igor character. He named him Herman Munster, but it's like, where'd you, where'd you get the name from? Because he was in a band, right? Like they, they were trying to get him to be the lead singer of a, a punk band. 
they end up doing that yeah, yeah. But it wasn't his attention originally and it's you know monster like the cheese oh like the cheese so yeah. like weird and that was one of the things too it's like that wasn't a long scene it was a couple of minutes but that could have been dedicated to something i think a little bit more of substance and it also felt so obtuse it didn't feel like it was a riff or anything right it wasn't like improv where they you know kind of found the the beat or found the joke it felt like that was written and it was written kind of at an antiquated time and it just felt very rigid right yeah it it does it at times this almost felt like like a tim and eric style humor yes but unintentionally tim and eric like tim and eric know there's gonna be awkward pauses and just like why the fuck is that funny and that's that's why they excel in that is because it's like the anti-humor and i feel like this didn't nail that and i honestly question if it was deliberate to be that anti-humor at points yeah, see, I see. I, I'm admitting, like, I know the monster. I'm not saying the monsters is the greatest thing ever. I'm no, just saying it, it's not. it's an oddity and unique. And there, but there are things like that. Like, I like I said, that whole the, the chimp in the monkey suit. I, I just I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Um, there was another scene too. I think the whole like when before they build Herman Monster, they go to like the zombie area and they're like, "Don't you eat brains?" He's like, "Yes, I ate." Like, there's like a brain joke of him eating brains, and it goes on for like 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly, and it's like just odd and also why are his hands the pianist hands he's already a zombie so he's already been reanimated and now he's being reanimated again but then the hands don't look like the zombie hands which you see when the guy poses with the hands oh see i don't think i was paying that close of attention (laughs) it was just little stuff like that where it was like you know uh, there are times where rob zombie writes what i think is truly the horror equivalent of a quentin tarantino dialogue i didn't have any of that here unless it came from the count and even then was like hey well i i did laugh like i was actually like busting not busting enough but busting out laughing when uh when the count is like showing lily the pictures of the his rat kids and then and then but it's just like a real quick gag. see that's the humor that i wish there was more of like real quick gags yes they're like there for a second when when it shows the newspaper clipping it's like count orlock killed by rats so it's great yeah. that, that that easy breezy quick you're out um and also it's it gets a little bit more dynamic like the oil can guy is like okay that doesn't like warm the cockles of my heart i guess if i knew that it was eddie that's kind of cool there's nothing necessarily funny about it like he kind of breaks down at a point which is like okay um so you almost wish that they would have got like the the greatest hits. I think if you cut like 10 minutes out of this movie, maybe even 20 minutes out of this movie, you have a much more pithy kind of quicks get me going. And, and I would end on a higher note. But the fact is, is it felt like it stayed out. It's welcome. And then right when it gets to the interesting part, it's gone. And it's like, well, I'm exhausted. So I don't actually want any more, but I do want more. It's like eating shitty food. Were you ever had shitty food where like the last bite is like or a bag of chips you're eating chips. There's no flavor. There's no salt on anything. The last one perfectly salted. And you're like, well, I'm already full and bloated. And I have a, a guilty conscience because I wasted all these calories on this. God damn it. And you don't spent want so much money on half of it air. Yes. Oh, so. that's what this movie is, too. It's a big bag of air. But yeah, it does look yeah. good. I will say, like, I really like the colors that you were talking about earlier. I do like the color. Like I said, it, it feels like a like a college haunted house. Uh, production yes. value like that's really what it, like i can't really explain it and there's no other movie really like that that i can think of uh, at this caliber or you know because rob Zombie's pretty much a household name now so i just can't think of any other filmmaker making a movie that looks so cheap even though they have like a big budget towards their name and stuff but what i will say what did piss me off i know like you said when the movie was over it's like i want more what the f- fuck was with that ending like i know i'm not a good writer or a good oh man movie person or anything but what the f- that's like the st- like I said, we're going to go into spoiler territory, but it's just like, I feel like some producers like, ah, Mr. Zombie, Mr. Zombie, uh, we got to wrap this up now. It's like, but we still have 20 more minutes to film. No, no, no. Just just, just make an ending right now. We'll film it and uh, d- 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 it'll be it, Mr. Zombie. Well, like, it's like, I watched behind the scenes stuff of them wearing masks as they were filming. It's almost like, oh, the pandemic happened. We can't film anymore after today. And they're just like, okay, money, I guess. Um, it was that it, it was honestly as abrupt as the Holy Grail in a lot of ways, but also just not interesting or, or it was very weird. Like we're in the money, we're dancing, we're done. Boom. 
Yeah, even Yahira and my brother, like I said, we were watching it together, and they both said, that's it? That's how it ends? Yeah. Uh, So then you compare that to the ending of Hocus Pocus, and you're like, okay, this is sentimental. They get their shine. The good guys win. Um, It's about unity and friendship. And I really like the female empowerment. It's the women who, like, pull it off. And and I thought that was cool. It left me on on a much higher note, um, which makes me more willing to do it again. Yeah, with Hocus Pocus 2, I mean, we could spoil that ending too, right? You might as well. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, so with Hocus Pocus 2, it's funny because going back to the first movie, they were they were the villains the whole time. Whole time. Irredeemably like, terrible, trying to murder children, trying to lure children away. And that was one of the funny things as well when she's like, oh, no luring of children. Got it. She's like, that was my that was my only job that I did so good um yeah so so with the ending of the second one i feel like disney tries to do that now like they're doing it with star wars they're doing it with, like cruella they even try to make cruella, her fucking yeah. sympathetic i'm like maleficent all those maleficent. leave them be they're, they're villains that's why we like them so much eventually um, we're gonna get hades from hercules but it's gonna be like a, a misunderstood alt-right guy and then we're gonna try and feel sorry for him stop doing that we gotta like just let bad guys be bad guys i love when bad guys are just evil with no explanation loki another good one where it's just a guy who's villainous becoming so sentimental and you're like oh okay i love him yeah well see this one here but okay so here's the thing yahira yahira started tearing up at the end of it i'm like okay i could kind of see why the but but the thing is like at the end of hocus pocus 2 um at basically the whole thing is these girls resurrect oh they don't resurrect they have gilbert the the doofus who he's like i'm a i'm such a big fan uh yeah well they're evil but anyway like uh they they get the whole thing um and finally she wants to do the 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 curse that is all makes her all powerful so winifred would be the the best witch and she could use all of her magic and uh she doesn't read like the the like what it is that disclaimer the disclaimer yeah the terms and conditions yeah see very legal reasons here so even the witches fall uh you know fall victim to that but yeah so she finally gets the book and she claims her ultimate power but you have to lose the things that are closest to you so her uh you know her sisters uh end up getting uh disintegrated kind of thanos snapped um out of existence and she's like wait a minute what what's the use of being all powerful and evil if i don't have my sisters like i'm i'm nothing without them i'm it's boring and so she ends up like using the other girls to uh, let me walk through this here, but it's like she was trying to use them because they were like a young coven of witches, like new generation yeah. witches. Yeah. So the new girl has used magic sporadically throughout and that she uses them and they do a reversal spell, but it doesn't bring the sisters back. It just means that Winifred is now able to go with her sisters, which is like a nice reversal. They're, they're having consequences. They murdered children. They deserved objectively to have consequences. Right. But they do it in a way that is emotionally fulfilling and it's kind of beautiful. And it's also like if you were watching a Three Stooges movie and you have Mo beating the shit out of these, you know, Larry and Curly or whichever schmepo, um, and by the end of it, and he realizes the error of his ways, that's a, a great, simple, without betraying the character, character arc that you could fit in a short amount of time, right? Yeah, well, they did do that in the Three Stooges movie that came out a few years ago. With Will Sasso, yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, it's endearing and it works because we're sentimental for the characters. We're assuming the best of the characters. That's a great way of that person loving the characters that we love, you know? Um, And it was nice. It was, and the thing was, it wasn't offensive. It didn't take up too much of my time. It didn't like, you know, the beats were quick enough to where I felt like it was going at all times. Um, And it's got buster from uh, uh, arrested development. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like that ending is in part two is uh. You wouldn't see that in the first one at all. You know what I mean? Like, because they were really mean in the first one. Yeah. And I think that's one of the interesting elements of it as well, because of the sentimentality of it being a 25 year sequel, like, or even longer than that. Like, if you had done this sequel two years later, yeah, I don't think it would have worked very well. I don't think that people would have been ready for it because, like, the idea of her changing um, wouldn't have made sense. But then here, it's like, I think that that. Uh, and it worked even for my kid, you know, where she liked it a lot. Uh, and she's only been exposed to them both recently. But I think that she could kind of understand um, the depth of their character and like the way that they were changing things and, and small little variances, which were kind of cool. And like, I liked good things where she's like, that was my one job. Like luring children was the one thing that I did. It reminded me so much of Sigourney Weaver from Galaxy Quest, where she's repeating the computer and she's like, "It's I have one job. 
Um, because it's like it's also turning it on its head. It's like saying like, yeah, this character who was already vapid, it was the joke. And you can kind of, you know, look back on it a little more fondly, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Uh, but yeah, so like I said, like I had big nostalgia for the first Hocus Pocus, but then at the end of the day, you got to think like I could say, oh, you know, it, it watered down. But then again, it's not it's not made for us. It's also made for the new generation of, yep. of kids watching Disney Plus. Like they don't even know what a fucking VHS is. So they're going to, you know, um, it, quick to access. Like I, honestly, Hocus Pocus 2 um, and the Munsters, I think uh, – Hocus Pocus, I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit on the podcast, Hocus Pocus 2 is a better movie than The Monsters, better developed, whereas The Monsters is just such a weird oddball experience that you kind of have to, even if you experience it once, just watch it for, for it's very, it, it very, it feels very much like Halloween time. Like yeah. if I want something to get me in the Halloween mood, I'll throw on Hocus Pocus 2 and The Monsters. Well, um, it's a hideous car wreck. You look, you see it, you're not going to drive by the same car wreck twice. I think Hocus Pocus is is great because it shouldn't work and it does very well. The fact that this is even passable is pretty remarkable when you think about all the circumstances. But even taking all the because you've heard me talk about that quite a bit in our friendship where it's like, oh, yeah. And if you factor in the circumstances of the movie, it's even better. Right. Like if you factor in, oh, it was filmed under like, like the, the Justice League. Oh, if you factor in the fact that this whole fucking re-edited and done at the 11th hour, it's a pretty good move. Even if I take out that kind of analysis and get, take away the handicap, I still think that it's a fairly good movie that's you know faithful to the source material. It doesn't feel like it was written by people who hadn't seen the original. And the performances, they get the benefit of it being the original people. Like They might not be as good as they used to be, but they're also fucking 30 years older versus like there's no way I can look at Sherry Moon and think, oh, she's as good as Yvonne DiCarlo. And that's not her fault it was that was never going to work for me that's like making a gingerbread house out of dicks and trying to sell it to me as a dessert it's not going to work i could look at it and be amused at it but i'm going to generate a new ai image immediately after yeah exactly so like i said they're not shoving it down your throats and stuff they're not uh you know what i mean but but they're both harmless fun um you know more so hocus pocus too but 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 then you then again put yourself in the mind of a kid, like if we were kids watching this, would you be sitting? Well, the production values and oh, uh, no. and uh, how was the production when it was made? What were the COVID protocols? You know, what was the backstory? What was the originals like? No, you know, if I was the, you know, what? How old was I when I watched Hocus Pocus? That was nineteen ninety three. So I was like maybe five years old. I was three in ninety three, but yeah, I was probably around five or six when I watched Hocus Pocus. And, you know, I I'm just in there for the ride. I'm watching it so letting it consume you, wash over you, crash into you like a Dave Matthews band. Now, Doug, I think we've, you know, the moral of the story, watch it all. If I wanted to watch more of you specifically, how would I do that? Well, you could also see more of Jake, too, on the channel because it is October. And on B-Movie TV on Roku, it's a free channel. Download it. We got a bunch of great stuff on there. Uh, Jake's on uh, occasionally for Saturday Night Terrors, Saturdays at 10 p.m. I'm on Fridays at, for Friday Night Slashing. At 8 p.m. because we're on the October schedule here, so everything is uh, is modified to be Halloweeny and and horror movie related. So we got a bunch of really rare stuff that we're showing. Um, uh, this month is also the month of October 12th, so like Father, like Daughter, and Trash Juice will be playing at the Terra Cinemas in San Pedro. Uh, two films we've been working on very hard. Jake tirelessly cramped up. Uh, in fact, I, you know what I imagine Jake did so much work for, for, for the head modification and trash juice that, uh, I felt like there's an episode of Ren and Stimpy where Ren's like this dictator saying, you need to do this. And Ren's like has seven bags under his eyes and he has like a, a pail of crust and he's like shaking, trying to finish the artwork. Um, that's kind of how I feel. So I apologize, Jake, if it was anything like that in real life. It was, but I, I enjoyed the process and that's one of the things too, is it's like, if you say you're going to do it, you do it. And um, I never wanted you. You were already so incredibly inconvenienced by that situation. The least I could do was help out because, like, I I've had those creative endeavors. I've done the you know the pre-sale tickets for a band, and then you find out that three of your band members didn't sell a single ticket, and like that mm -hmm. panic-stricken, like how like this is a creative endeavor, and I'm passionate about it, and I want to do it, and it's just another hurdle. 
And that's taking away the creative influence. So whatever I could do to help, I'm really happy I was able to. So it's no shore at all. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So Jake's done so much stuff for the helping of finishing trash juice. Same with Mikey, same with aid, Micah and Greg are in the movie. Jason's in the movie. So everyone from the podcast is in the movie and they participated and helped out in one way or the other. You know, I've had an actor bail out um, right when we filmed everything. Then we've had uh, a, a drunk alcoholic. He's not listening to this uh, editor. That's, been arrested twice and wasn't able to finish the project that i had to land everything on me so i had to with with the little time i had i had to basically stay up two weeks without sleep to finish this thing so it's been a very collaborative project i'm excited for everyone to see it and you know fan their nuts in the movie theaters and uh all that but yeah so i'm going off my keister again here i tend to ramble a lot here but uh yeah so you know, we, we got damn that scary as well, too. Greg and Micah are doing some good shows, too. Everyone's in the Halloween spirit. And this is the time I love pumpkin spice podcast movies. This is the best time of the year. And Frightmares. Don't forget Frightmares. Oh, Frightmares podcast. Yes, yes. With uh, Austin Proctor. So hell yeah. So enjoy all of the content. We're trying to do daily reviews coming out and everything. So please stay tuned and goodbye and good die. Bingo.